Welcome to Layer Zero. Layer Zero is a podcast of unscripted conversations with the people that make up the Ethereum community. Crypto is built by code, but it's composed by people, and each individual member of the crypto community has their own story to tell. Cypherpunks understood that the code they write impacts the people that use it, and Layer Zero focuses on the people behind the code, because Ethereum is people all the way down, and it always has been. Today, I'm speaking with Jonathan Mann, who might be known as the Song A Day Man. Uh, Jonathan Mann has been creating and singing and producing one song a day for a really, really, really long time, something like over four years now. Uh, and so we talk about, uh, and I also discovered him for the first time in 2019 at East Denver, uh, where he was kind of just a, an MC of sorts, uh, and where he gave his talk about his journey of creating one song a day. Uh, and there's a, a number of these a day people that have gravitated in towards into, into crypto. Uh, Beeple being being one of them, but there's another. There's others as well. Another previous podcast guest of Layer Zero, Justin Aversano, also took a birth a picture of somebody's uh, of someone on their birthday every single day for a year. Uh, and there's a conversation to be had about the relationship between creative output hard just work provably hard work because if you do something one time a day for years you know you're putting in the work and also the power of assets crypto assets uh so we, we unpack that a little bit and we also go into what um jonathan has been up to with his uh dao uh the, the song a day dao uh and so that'll be in the second half of the show so let's go ahead and get right into it uh i bring you jonathan mann right after we get to some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible if you're going bankless, you need MetaMask. This is your tool to unlock the world of DeFi without giving up custody over your private keys. MetaMask is both a secure in-browser wallet and also a secure bridge for your hardware wallet. You can now trade tokens on any DEX or aggregator. MetaMask Swap gathers real-time pricing information across all the DeFi exchanges, allowing you to select your best price while getting all the MetaMask benefits of self-custody, lower gas costs, and increased transaction success rates. MetaMask also has a fantastic mobile wallet that I use when I'm out and about which I use to collect POAPs, NFTs, and do all my DeFi things while I'm away from home. If you haven't downloaded MetaMask, you gotta try it out. Web3 wouldn't be the same without it. Download MetaMask for desktop and mobile at metamask.io and load up your Trezor, Ledger, Lattice, or Keystone hardware wallets so that they too can get into the world of Web3. Living a bankless life requires taking control of your own private keys. Not your keys, not your crypto. That's why so many in the bankless nation already have their Ledger hardware wallet. But the Ledger ecosystem is much more than just a secure hardware wallet. Ledger is the combination of the Ledger hardware wallet, the Ledger Live app, and soon the CL Crypto Life card powered by Ledger. The CL card powered by Ledger is a crypto debit card with powerful features like an instant exchange to fiat, where crypto assets are only sold at the moment that you swipe your card, and also credit from crypto collateral where you can collateralize your crypto assets in order to get a higher credit limit. You'll be able to manage your CL card powered by Ledger inside the Ledger Live app, right next to all the DeFi apps and services that you're already used to using, making the Ledger Live app your one-stop shop for all of your financial needs. Go to ledger.com, grab a Ledger, and download Ledger Live to get all of your DeFi applications all in one place. So, you've got some money and you want to spend. You, me, shopping now, bro. When you should be saving. You'll never buy a house at this rate. But what if you could spend and save at the same time? For the enlightened kind with inquiring minds, a new world awaits. Set yourself free with completely flexible, self-repaying loan technology. 
supported on desktop and mobile, sees the power of Alchemix, allowing you to spend and save at the same time. Leverage your wealth without the risk of liquidation. Take out a loan that repays itself. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. What was once inconceivable is now within your grasp. Are you winning some? Hey, Jonathan. What's up? Hey. <laughs> good. Uh, how are you doing? Good. I'm really good. Um, the first time I ever discovered you was at ETH Denver 2019? Oh, yeah, 2019. 2019? Yep. Is that when you were like the, the MC of sorts? I, w I was the MC for like one minute. So, so what happened was um, they were trying to do like the judging of the uh, hackathon. Mm -hmm. And all the judges were taking too long. And so John Paller of, of ETH Denver was like, Jonathan, like go up on stage Stall. and do something. Stall them. And it just happened that I have, I like had my computer ready and like I had this talk that I used to give all the time, like ready to go. So I was like, I'm on it. And so, yeah, so that's probably where, that's probably where you saw me. If you saw me there at that time. Right, right, right. You gave the talk about your story of making one one song a day, which that story I don't think has stopped at all <laughs> ever no, since yeah. then. No, that yeah, it's it, song a day is nuts in that way, and that it's just kind of relentless. And you know, that's like that's literally a thousand songs ago. That's how I think about it. That's a thousand songs ago. Three years is a thousand songs. So that's like that's pretty intense. So most of these Layer Zero episodes, I start with somebody's backstory and then try and lead it into crypto. But with you, yeah. I actually kind of want to do the inverse because of just the nature of who you are. So sure. let's start with crypto. How did you find crypto? Yeah, that's fine. Um, well, I, from listening to the podcast, I know that you came in around 2017. Also, uh -huh. that's like that's my that's my entry point. I was at a conference in um, in Ontario in like at a summer camp, mm -hmm. and I saw a talk by Ethan Buckman who um, does uh, Cosmos, Cosmos. Mm -hmm. and uh, he's just he was just great. And I had never been interested in it before. It seemed like it wasn't really for me. It seemed like a finance bro kind of thing. It didn't really seem like it vibed with with just didn't really see how it related to me. But something about his talk, and I can tell you exactly what it was. It was like. He explained proof of work in a way where I I kind of got it for the first time, and I start and be, and then he also sang a song which helped like he had a little like ukulele and was singing it was great, and I started I, I had this really dumb thought like looking back on it it's kind of dumb but also it makes sense which is like oh yeah proof of work like I have that like like I've been doing a song a day since January first of two thousand nine like that's my proof of work like. And then I was like, oh, like, is there some connection between like blockchain and, and my Saga Day project? And like, what could that be? And I talked to Ethan about it and he was like really supportive. And then I got home and I tweeted when I mean, you could find the tweet. And I said, like, hey, like, does anyone know anything about the blockchain? Like, I have this crazy idea for a project. And my friend Boris reached out, sent me some ETH, said, go play. That, that was literally his words. And um, and. Uh, about a week later, he showed me CryptoPunks, and that was the moment. That was like that was the real lightning bulb, lightning strike, light bulb moment for me. Was seeing CryptoPunks at that time, which was you know like, um, 
maybe six months, five months after they had launched. Uh, and it just blew my mind wide open. Okay, so let's let's put a put a pin in that part of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's do song a day. How did you yeah. start doing song a day? <laughs> uh, and also, what started, is song a day? Yeah, song a day is an ongoing project where I write a, write and record and make a video for a song every single day. And I've been doing that since January first of two thousand nine. I started really just trying to go for a month. It was literally just thirty one days that I was aiming for. Um, Within that 31 days of January of 2009, um, I had a couple songs go kind of mini viral and like it just was going well and I was unemployed. I was like 26 living in Berkeley. I had nothing else going on. And so I decided to try for a year. And then at the end of 2009, I just kind of I just kind of decided to keep going and not stop. Um, and that's how that's how I'm here, you know, 4760 six songs in to the project. <laughs> but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that that answer has changed so much over the years. If you asked me back then, and people did, and I this is the answer that I would give back then. It's basically like, um, basically like talked about how as a creative person who, I'd been writing songs since I was 12, and like, while I've always been somewhat pro prolific, there was a piece of me that would often run up against some kind of form of writer's block where the problem with writer's block is like you you feel like you want to make something. You have like the urge to create, but nothing comes out. And that's very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And um, I found I sort of stumbled into Song A Day as like a... Uh, just a a, a a a writer's block proof method of creating um and that's like one that's one reason that i used to give and then another reason was you know to get attention it's like in this in this day and age you need to have a hook and like that's my shtick like hey i'm up here doing a song a day like that's just like a good shtick to have that's another reason um but as time goes on you know it's it becomes it's become something quite different in a lot of ways. It's become almost like I don't want to say spiritual, but it's become like it's become just a practice, you know? It's be, it's just become something that like there's there's a there's a weight to like sitting down and just doing something every single day and doing it. And there's something there's just like I've, I just find so many benefits that come out of it that that it just be, has become part of my life. It's like part of the firmament of my existence now. What are the, what are some, what are some of those benefits? So the only way to get good at something, right. Is to, is to, is to fail a lot is to make, a, is do a lot is like to fuck up a bunch. Um, and song a day is a really great, um, framework for fucking up and for like making a lot of shit and a lot of crap that that's bad, you know? And, and I, even for me, like doing that in public, um, for all these years, you know, they all live on YouTube. There's like, there's something about that that is um, humbling, I guess, but also, also is teaches teaches me a different thing, which is that like, no one really cares whether you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one real like like there's haters and there's trolls and stuff, but like in the grand scheme of thing, like no one's really paying attention to you most of the time. And, and so like 
what's wrong with making something shitty on the way to making something good and to not be afraid of that. So that's so that's like a lesson that I learn over and over and over again. And then just in like a, a pure kind of practice way, just gotten better, just gotten better at things uh, as a musician, as a producer, as a singer. I've just gotten better from literally doing it for 13 years, like every day. Um, yeah. Do you feel like it takes a similar um, role in your life as perhaps like you know, meditation or journaling does for other people? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. I would say, you know, I, I, again, like back in the day, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that, you know, I wouldn't have like, it's, that's not something that I set out to do. But looking back on it, especially now, you know, if you go on a song a day dot world and like you just like, like shuffle through the songs, you know, you get a real sense of like, of my life in a lot of ways. Like it, it is literally a record um, of my life. You know, there's people, you know, Ghazali just went uh, viral for taking a picture of himself every day for five years and. My friend Noah Kalina has done that for like 21 years now. Um, you know, th there's something about like documenting yourself, documenting what's going on in your life every single day. That's kind of, that's really intense. And then, um, what was the other? What was the other part? I don't remember what you just said. There's, uh, there's an. Yeah, I just asked if it fills the same niche as somebody who like meditates or journals. Oh or, yeah, for yeah. sure. The meditation part, uh, absolutely. In fact. Um, like the one time that I feel, uh, um, free from anxiety, the one time mm. that I'm like not anxious, well, it's two times. One of the times is when I'm sitting down and writing my song. Like when I'm really lost in creating a song, um, and like in that state of flow, if you're, if you're familiar with that idea, the, the idea of flow is where you, yeah. the the task that you're trying to do is right at the edge of what you're capable of doing. And, you know, you're, you're pushing right up against that edge. That's when you get into that flow state. And I find myself in that all the time when I'm doing a song, it's never boring. That's not true. It's just boring a lot of times, but when I get into that zone, it's like, it's, and, 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 and I get, and almost every day I can get there, even if it's just for a few minutes, if I don't have a lot of time to work on my song, but when I'm actually in it, it's the only thing I'm thinking about. You know what I mean? Whereas every all the other times of the day, I'm like anxious as shit about everything. Uh, but when I'm like actually in it doing my song, um, I'm so present like with the song. So in, in that way, I don't know if it, you know, I don't know if it um, in the meditation sense, I, I haven't gotten as good at like taking the benefits of that, you know, taking that kind of, uh hereness that i feel when i'm doing a song and applying it to other places that's a sort of key of meditation is like you learn not only to do it when you're sitting there but also you're just like standing there doing the dishes and you sort of notice yourself like well here i am um that is a that's i think that's a different muscle than than this one but but for the purposes of like an everyday moment when i am just here with myself uh Saga day, I would say, fills that for sure. I'm sure there's got to be like days where I don't know. It's in the last part of the day, 
and you're like, damn, I haven't done my song today. God <laughs> damn it. I just have to bang this song out. How, how often or how do you get through those days? Yeah. Yeah. So um, b- by giving myself a lot of leeway, basically, I call those phoning it in. Phoning it in days where where um, sort of to, to what I was saying before is like no one fucking cares. No one cares. If you're going to phone it in one day, who, who the fuck who gives a shit? And so and so ultimately, I give myself a lot of latitude to just suck. If I need to suck on, uh, at a particular time, that's cool. That's all right. Uh, and so I'll phone it in. I'll just I'll literally just like improvise a song on the spot. I will. There's days when I put z- like as little effort as possible into it. Um, the other thing that I've learned about that, though, what's what's wild is another term I have for it is like these songs that I just sort of poop out. Like the songs that I just sort of poop out in those times when I'm like, I don't feel inspired whatsoever. And I'm like, like you said, end of the day, I'm exhausted. You know, especially my kids are, you know, four and seven. But when they were infants, forget it. I mean, that's like when you have an infant in the house. But uh, what I found is like oftentimes those songs, they still resonate with somebody. Uh Somebody, Somebody still hears it and says, wow, I really like that one. Or like, wow, that one really... Like that one really hit me at the right moment or whatever. So, so who the fuck knows? Like I, I I'm not. You know, you we're like not the best judges of what we're what we make. Um, and it's easy. It's so easy to get in your head about like, is this good? Is this bad? When the when the fact of the matter is, is what you think about it, kind of doesn't matter, because somebody else is going to think something completely different about it. There was a uh, a podcast that Ryan and I did a, a Monday podcast, like one of the big ones, and yeah. I won't name the guests just because of the nature <laughs> of the story. But yeah. both, a, as soon as we got off of the podcast, him and I were both like, "Oh God, that podcast was awful! Like, do we even release that? Like, that was so bad." And yeah. we just didn't have enough time to like scrounge up another podcast in time, so we released it. And it turned into being a number three most downloaded podcast in that spot for a really, really long time. And we got so much positive feedback about it. And we just learned a lot about ourselves. Like sometimes like what we think is good and what the enjoyment that we got out of it is just not at all what like everyone, all the listeners get out of it. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where where like songs that I think are great and I'm like really excited by do nothing. And then songs that I literally put no effort into people are like, this is the best. I love this one. Like, (laughs) you know, there's a famous story about how like Tom Petty wrote free falling Uh where it was like, he was just trying to make everybody laugh. Like he was singing this song and he's like, he's just like making up the lyrics and he's like, she's a good girl crazy about Elvis and everyone's like just right. cracking up about it. And it turns into like literally his biggest his song ever, song. Yeah, you right. know, uh, there's something about, um, too, about, about like, uh, you know, a lot of people will say like, Oh, you gotta like to make good art. You have to like be all emotional. You have to put your emotions into it. It has to be like this deep thing. That's bullshit. Like, <laughs> you know what, if you sit down to try to be emotional, you know, if you mm-hmm. sit down and you're like, I'm going to write an emotional song, you know, and I'm going to make it all come out. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to like to live up to that. Whereas if you just sit down, and you're like, I'm just going to write something. Let's see what comes out. You know, ne- you're not putting any pressure on you. And that's when that's when you can just like open up and let something come. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's how I see it. 
I don't think you can, you can actually like go, go for emotion, right? Like that's not something that you can optimize for. No. Right. You can't, you can't just decide that you're going to be emotional today. Exactly. And, and sometimes you feel emotional and sometimes you're able to like, to channel your emotions, but on days when you don't to try to do that, you know, is fruitless, I think, but also on days when you don't, there's a lot of power in just sitting down and showing up. Mm-hmm. Do what? Do you have any of uh, like your your favorite songs that you've written? Either out, out, judged by the output of the songs <laughs> that you created or the process of you making them. Um, like a lot of my a lot of the stuff I'm most proud of making are on like albums and things that I've done. Like a big part mm-hmm. of what I do with song and days, I go back and kind of mine the songs for things that I think could could stand to be polished, you know? Cause cause a lot of times what comes out of Song of Day sort of is is, you know, ultimately like a demo in a lot of ways. Um so I put out an album in like twenty nineteen that I'm really proud of. And um I did this narrative fiction podcast called Songonauts. And the music for that I'm super, super proud of as well. So those would be I'd say like the 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 ones that I'm like most because I put so much work into them mm-hmm. uh, to talk about like the process, like I really, you know, I really honed and, and try to get to the heart of like what each song was. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's like, that's definitely what I'm most proud of. I'd say or the ones I like the most. So picking up the crypto thread, uh, crypto is a very <laughs> interesting industry. Do you think that like you've used crypto just as like inspiration to like, yo, crypto has so much content inside of it. Uh, like I can just get a lot of inspiration from my songs. Crypto is going to make writing about songs so much easier. Are, are these some <laughs> of the thoughts that went through your head? No, but, yeah. but I, in my life, you know, because song a day is just part of my life. Like I said, the firmament of just what I do, anything that I get into, I end up, uh folding into song a day right so you can you can look and like on i think it's september 17th of 2017 i wrote a song about crypto punks because i was just so into crypto punks and that's just sort of naturally what i do you know i wrote a song about dada like dada um the dada art people i wrote a song about and i did a song about What's another one? I did I did several CryptoKitty songs back then because I was just so excited about NFTs. They weren't called NFTs back then, but like that's what I was excited about. Uh, and and so that sort of that sort of continues now, where now I'm like really deep in the space. And so, yeah, there's just like there's just so much, so many different things to write about. I'm working on today. I asked Twitter what to write about, and and some people said, uh, and I also put I said I said what should my song be about? No shilling was the, and then like, because I didn't want people to come in and be like, write a song about this project, my project, this right. project. Write a song about my bags. Yes, exactly. And so uh, several people were like, no shilling. That's a great song. That's a great. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That is, that's that is a, a great song. <laughs> that's a fun one. So, so, so yeah. So, so that ended up being, that ended up being a song. And, and that's, you know, oftentimes like there's so many projects in the space that I, that I just love, you know, that I'm like really aligned with philosophically and just that i'm such a fan of and i'm gonna write a song about all of them eventually you know mm-hmm. um and that and that's just sort of like got a lot of songs to write so so why not write them about things that i enjoy the, one of the 
more recent songs in your trajectory that you've written is uh, but the ENS Dow one. Uh, yeah. That was super catchy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I posted that into a couple of my discords. Like, yo, guys, like, uh, this. look at this. Look at what the energy of ENS Dow created. Like, we have, <laughs> you know, singer-songwriters writing songs about it. But also listen to how catchy it is. Uh, and also, I think a little bit of what's going on here is uh, you're becoming a, a bit of a storyteller. Or you, you have been, right? You're, like, so much of the story of ENS got baked into that song. Yeah. Maybe it's me reaching for something when I kind of say like the the vibe of the song is also part of the vibe of ENS, like the the melody and the tune is it very very yeah. ENS like, but right, also just right. straight up the lyrics were illustrating two people about what it was, yeah. uh, and, and the fact that like somebody would write a song about ENS, it's, it's not like you wrote about like <laughs> um, like Coinbase or insert your equity company here or <laughs> yeah. or you know like shillmybags.com. You wrote about ENS Dow, a community project. Uh, and so that is also part of the story. Uh, have, do you see yourself as a little bit of a storyteller in like these short little snippets of songs? Um, that was my job pre pre pandemic. That was literally my job. Uh, um, the reason I had, you know, when you saw me at East Denver, the reason I had this talk all ready to go is because I would go around to conferences, give that talk and then watch all the other talks at the conference and get up at the end of the day and recap everything that mm. everyone said. And that was literally, that's what I was doing. Like I was doing like maybe like 15 of those a year. And like, that was my, that was, uh, my main job, uh, right up until the pandemic. Um, so yeah, that's a huge part. And, and, um, I, stories are compelling and I find obviously, and I, that's sort of a dumb sentence. Stories are compelling. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but like the stories that are within the stories in lore, of this culture i'm sure the i'm sure like every culture has has amazing stories and lore um and so because i'm so steeped uh in this one right now i can't help but just be attracted to the different uh um narratives that are popping up um you know for a long time it was all about cryptopunks for me and like the different kinds of like like i wrote a song about uh, Snowfro, you know, who, who made art, art, art blocks, uh, his, his burned zombie punk. Like he, he accidentally burned a zombie punk, which I love. Like there's a great story about like how that happened. And even the story of how he made art blocks where he sold a bunch of his really valuable punks to fund art blocks. And then art blocks becomes this amazing, like, that's just a great story. You know, there's all these amazing stories in the space. And so ENS Dow is just one of those stories, you know, it's just like, uh, what an amazing project and what an amazing kind of like coming to fruition of something um, in the space. And so it was a no brainer for something like that to write a song. Whereas like, you know, not to shit on this or anything. And I absolutely do not mean to do that, but like everyone's like, when are you going to do a song about Irene Dow? And I'm like, I'm not sure what the story is there necessarily. If there's a story there that pops up, then I'll be compelled. Um, um, Whereas with Gozali, did you see Gozali, this kid who took a picture of himself every day? So there's this mm. kid from Indonesia who took himself, took a picture of himself every day for five years and made a PFP project basically by accident. Oh, he yeah. like up, he like up, and it's it's just it's it's great. And like so that to me, it's the guilelessness of him that like makes it compelling. And he became like an instant meme overnight. Uh, and that to me was like so compelling. And I was like. He has this long history of like all these other people who have done picture a days things and like 
that to me is an interesting story. So that's something that I'm going to write about. There's just a lot. There's just so much in the space to do. There's, I feel like there's enough people at this point in the world doing one thing a day yeah. that could turn into a DAO. Like, like, oh, yeah, the all, thing a day DAO. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that a thing? No, it should be. Yeah, should right. Be. So for the all the people day, that yeah. do one thing a day and have been doing so for a while, like, we should get all those people in the same Discord. Just, I've, I, always, I, I've always had a fantasy of doing a conference that was just a conference where all the speakers were people who, who do things a day, you know? Because uh-huh. there's a ton. There really are. Like, you, you know, uh, um, I feel like I'm, I feel like even, you know, uh, I find out about new ones all the time. Like, mm-hmm. like people show me folks who are doing it. I'm like, I didn't know this person existed. Yeah. Are, is there, is there like a thing a day community out there? Just like all the there people isn't. that know all, you know? There, no, there isn't. I mean, you know, when we find each other, I think we feel some kind of kinship. Sure. Um, I know. So Noah Kalina entered the space recently and he's gone viral many times for his, um, a picture of himself a day thing. And I knew, I knew of those and I'd been following the project. Um, but we were able to connect over crypto because he started messaging me asking about song a day and NFTs. Um, and it's great, you know, it's just great to connect with people who do it. Cause they, they sort of understand things on a, on a really specific level. So there's another layer zero that I did uh, with uh, Justin Aversano, who took a photo of somebody's birthday every single day for a year. And oh, wow. so like uh, you, you have the challenge of you need to put output like a couple minutes of creative output every single day. His challenge was that he find needed to go find person. somebody whose birthday <laughs> it was every single day for a year, which That's is a beautiful. very different challenge. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- th- there's just something about doing something a day that was fine. People find really compelling. And like the yeah. cool thing about Justin's story was that you couldn't, I don't think you could have taken any single one of his photographs and created the value that he got out of the whole entire thing. Right. Like right. The fa- the, his photographs are great, but like, it's not one photograph isn't going to do it. It's the fact that he did something every single day for a year, which was challenging that created the story that created the total like valuation of his combined work. Like, why do you think humanity could, and one of the things that I think is cool about humanity and crypto assets is that like we actually find ways to put market value upon the things that we value. And all of a sudden there are these people out there that are doing these a day things and they're fi- they're gravitating towards crypto to be able to find a price tag for these things, a valuation for these things. But before we get to the crypto part, like why do you think hum- humans value the a days, the, the people that do things a day and like, why, why do we like that? Because we die. Mm. We mm. like it because we die. We like it because um, time is literally the most scarce thing that we have. And uh, d- the everydayness of something is a reminder of that. It's, sort of gr- it's the most grounding kind of way of structuring something. Uh, um, and so I think a lot of it has to do with death. It has to do with like our connection to the fact that we have only so many of these days on the, on the planet. Um, and, and that ties right into crypto, honestly, because what you have and what you have with NFTs, especially is, um, you have this, uh, artificially scarce thing, right? Because, because in the real world, Everything is scarce just by its nature. That's just how the real world operates. 
but uh, in computer land, as we know, like, you know, things are infinitely perfectly replicable. And so we have suddenly this way of making digital things scarce, which is holy shit. That's like amazing. But then we have to then we have to confront this idea of, well, what does that mean? Like, uh, how can we make something digitally scarce in a way that feels legitimate, that feels um, true? And, you know, uh, we would talk about this kind of shit all the time back in the old days, you know, back in 2017, 2018. And a lot of it was sort of theoretical, whereas like, you know, uh, on my podcast, Digitally Rare, we would often say that like, you know, for this to work, there's going to have to be a really strong narrative. Like any any project that's going to succeed is going to need a r really clear story about like why it exists, which which is not true. That that's not turned out to be true at all. That that was a theory that we were sort of working on back in the day before there was very many projects. Uh but, you know, ultimately we are still confronted by what is and we're so early that actually we don't really know the answer because in the long term 10 years from now you know who knows but when we're confronted with the idea of this artificial digital scarcity what can make that feel real one of the things that we're seeing now is that you know uh um, OG projects, you know, and depending on how you, that's one way actually to, to value something because it came before all the hubbub and, you know, it's, it's scarce. But the fact is, you know, when Larva Labs decided to do 10,000 CryptoPunks, they could have easily have decided to do 5,000 or 20,000 or infinite, I mean, near infinite CryptoPunks they could have done out of that, out of those combinations. So, it's sort of an accident that they chose 10,000 in a lot of ways, you know, to me, that's a really interesting philosophical thing uh, is how do you ground, how do you ground this artificial scarcity in something that feels real and doing something once every day is one way to ground it time, put, put it in time. Um, my compatriot, Matt Condon, one of the many Matt's, uh, is also obsessed with this question and he's come up with two other really great ways that I love. And so one is that you may have heard of this. He has a chip in his hand. Do you know about this? Yes. I've met him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Matt has a chip in his hand where you, you scan it with a, with a near field communicating uh, thing, NFC, and it gives you an NFT. So the scarcity comes from, uh, proximity to him. Whoa. That's like, that's really cool. And his new one is even cooler where he, uh, he sleep talks. Have you seen this? Aleatoric. So Matt found out that he sleep talks. Uh, um, and so he decided to make this NFT project where um, when he sleep talks, his phone records it. It gets translated. It gets uh, like Google translated into text. The text gets fed into an AI thing that shows it as a visual thing. And that gets sold as an NFT on Zora. And so the scarcity of this project, he has no control over how many are going to happen. It only happens when he sleep talks, which, you know, there's been months now where he hasn't. He set up this whole project. He was sleep talking all the time. And then he set it up and he hasn't been sleep talking, which is just fascinating. So that's another way of creating real scarcity in this digital realm, um, you know. So that I just I find all of those uh, experiments like the most the most fascinating. 
Can you elaborate on the relationship between scarcity and market value of assets and what that what the blockchain has to do with that? Yeah, although, you know, I'm 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 skeptical of of most of the ways that people use scarcity to assign value to uh, most NFTs um, because it all feels so arbitrary to me. So let, let know, me, let me actually ask that question slightly differently. Can sure. you elaborate on the relationship of the scarcity of human time and labor and creativity oh, and, yeah, yeah. Okay, and okay. the market value of assets on public blockchains? Yes, yes. yes. Well, that yeah. to me is way more interesting than you know, the other thing that I was thinking when you were saying that is like, you know, this one is, this one has like lasers shooting out of his eyes and that may, right. and, and that's rare. It's like, okay, right. really? Why? Right. I could go, I could just go mint a hundred ERC 20 tokens and say it's scarce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It needs to have when I didn't realize this for a long time when like, you know, when, when, when projects are choosing how, like bankless, how did you decide how many tokens to make? What was your rubric? Uh, a billion is a big, big number. You just, you just pick the number like this, <laughs> this to me, like, I didn't realize like, you mean there's no, and people were like, of course there's no, it's just, you can make up any number. It's just whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, right. Oh man, that's crazy. And so like ETH Denver, you know, they decided to do like the, the, the length of Colorado or something and the, mm -hmm. the height of the mountains or, and they multiple like, uh, but in terms of like, yeah, labor and time. And putting that into, I don't know. I don't think that right now we are at the point where we are ready to actually value these things correctly in the NFT space. I think that there's too much froth and there's still too much like wild westness of it. But I think there's a chance that like over time, um, NFTs can become. It's not going to be perfect. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. I don't think it's like a panacea in any way. It's not going to like solve this. But I think that it has a chance to be a really powerful tool for um, rewarding creative work uh, in a way that hasn't existed before and certainly hasn't existed for the last 20 years. Um, and we, you know, when, when I... I come at everything thinking specifically about music. And what's crazy about music is that, you know, prior to the invention of recorded sound, uh, the you know, music was ultimately extremely scarce in the sense that the only way to hear it was in person when someone was playing it for you. Like, that's crazy. Uh, and then suddenly we had this ability to copy it and we lived through this sort of golden age of musicians being able to get paid for their work uh, because it was copyable, but not infinitely copyable yet. And that was one age. And now, and then for the last 20 years, we've been in a completely different place where mu the value of music just plummeted. It went, it went away um, completely. And I don't think, I don't think NFTs, or digital scarcity is going to solve that. But I think it, it it's just going to, it's this it has a potential to be this really powerful tool uh, to, to help alleviate some of that. And I don't know how much of it has to do with scarcity or not. I think that sort of still remains to be seen. I wouldn't be surprised if everyone's obsession 
if if if, if our cult our crypto culture's obsession with scarcity itself becomes uh not the thing i wouldn't be surprised if that sort of goes by the wayside and ultimately it's we we settle into something that's more just about like another way to show your ap appreciation and support for a piece of art um but yeah i i think this this the speculation has to the like wild rampant speculation has to die down for that to happen um sure. and that and it honestly did happen you know 20 2018 2019 things died down so much and um that's when a lot of so many interesting things uh came about in that space that's that's definitely true and that time was for defi really where like we had right. like early defi which were icos before we called it defi and then it went away and then we actually had true DeFi come after the fact. Right. And so like we're having this first NFT frothy movement in 2020 and 2021. Um, and there's a ton being built right now, but you still yeah. that a lot of that froth hasn't left the market quite yet. No, no. And it will eventually, it will. Yeah. I assume. Hey guys, in the second half of the show, we get into the subject of the Song a Day DAO, uh, which is the DAO that Jonathan has spun up to help manage the funds of the, all the money that is raised from his Song a Day sales and other conversations around this topic as well. So let's go ahead and get there right after we get up to some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Polygon is Ethereum's largest and most vibrant scaling solution to date. With millions of monthly users and all of the biggest DeFi apps, the Polygon ecosystem has turned into a blossoming metropolis of DeFi activity. Transactions on Polygon are quick and cheap, allowing users the freedom to achieve their DeFi goals, all while being economically anchored to Ethereum. But Polygon isn't just the proof-of-stake sidechain. The Polygon team is building a suite of scaling solutions, including Polygon Hermes, Maiden, Nightfall, and Zero, all with different design choices in order to be optimized for all possible crypto use cases. If you're a developer who wants to build on the Polygon ecosystem, go to the link in the show notes to check out their fantastic documentation. And if you're a user who just wants to experience fast and cheap DeFi, you can bridge over your ETH or other tokens and start playing around with any of the thousands of applications that are available on Polygon. The Layer 2 era is upon us. Ethereum's Layer 2 ecosystem is growing every day, and we need L2 bridges to be fast and efficient in order to live a Layer 2 life. Across is the fastest and cheapest and most secure cross-chain bridge. With Across, you don't have to worry about the long wait times or high fees to get your assets back to the Layer 1. Assets are bridged and available for use almost instantaneously. Across's bridges are powered by UMA's optimistic Oracle to securely transfer tokens from Layer 2 back to Ethereum. Across is critical ecosystem infrastructure and ownership is being handed over to the community. You can be a part of this story of Across by joining the Discord and becoming a co-founder and helping to design the Fair Fair launch of Across. If you want to bridge your assets quickly and securely, go to across.to to bridge your assets between ETH, Optimism, Arbitrum, or Boba Networks. Bankless is proud to be sponsored by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum that lets you trade any token at the current market price. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. The Uniswap Grants program is accepting applications for grants. 
Do you have something of value that you think you want to contribute to the Uniswap ecosystem? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at uniswapgrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. My, my, hot, my hot take that I think is true is that these adayer artists, people that do things every single day, find crypto sooner than all the other artist types of the world. Do, do you think that's true and then why? I think that I don't know if it's true that we find it faster. I know that I feel like we um, maybe we get it faster. Uh, I feel like as soon, like I said, as soon as as soon as I was like properly explained what what proof of work was and how that operates, it really fit for me. And then and then and then seeing CryptoPunks. 10,000 CryptoPunks, 3,000 songs, you know, there's 10,000 of those. There's uh, there's as many of I can make until I die of these. Like, it just, there's something that sort of like, there's something that clicks in that realm. Uh, it's hard to know now because because now there's meant, there's quite a few of us thing a day people who are doing it. Although it's worth noting that like, you know, people, when he came into the space, unless I'm wrong about this, he didn't it he didn't like make it into into something that had to do with his everydays. It wasn't like he put out all of his everydays. He was like much more curated about it and it was like here's this everyday and here's that everyday and then you know he did his big sale but that was like all of his everydays all at once. It wasn't quite the same kind of like here you know here's the group and I'm going to put them all up for sale. Um I think that I think that it's the people that get, at least from the NFT side, the people that get it the most are the people who have been uh, robbed of the ability for their artwork to be valued. Uh, and Beeple is a, was a prime example because, you know, he makes these really cool images and there's just no way to monetize those in a way that is, you know, clearly what they're worth. And... You know, I talk to Eclectic Method all the time and like, you know, he was tired of DJing. He's like, that's how he had to pay his bills. But all he really wanted to do was make like cool little 3D music pieces. And like, who the fuck wants a cool little 3D music page? Like, what are you going to do with that? You can't do anything with that. But but now you can. And those those are the places, those are the spaces where uh, I think people ultimately really get it is where the thing that they make has no like place to live you know has no place to like really reside which is true of me you know like i uh, um uh, writing a song a day for 13 years putting them all on youtube that's not a living you know that's not even like that's not even like a, an eighth of a living you know mm -hmm. um uh so that's why that's why it was i think we it's it's maybe less to do with the everydayness and it's more to do with like the lack of 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 value put on the stuff that we create i'm glad that you took us here because if you hadn't it was going to be my, my next question because <laughs> there's a the, there's something i'm trying to circle a circle around and i think it's time to, that we descend there you, yeah. you started off um with talking about the connection between what you're doing and proof of work and yeah. 
in an, in another way, like one of the ways that I like to explain proof of work to people that are asking like the one ones is like I, I point at um, the Egyptian pyramids because when you go to the Egyptian pyramids, like it's a proof of work. Like you know that <laughs> yeah. that took a lot of work. Like you don't have to verify it. You know that it's true. You just have to look at it. Right, uh, and so right. that's one of our early OG like proof of works. Like if aliens yeah. came to planet Earth, they could see the pyramids and be like, oh, that took a lot of work. And then they can go to your YouTube channel and see your upload rate. And it's like, oh, one, one song, one a day. They're all unique. They're all different. Oh, man, that, that, that took a lot of work. <laughs> right. uh, and you're telling me that like all these uh, adayers, these creative adayers, are finding crypto because of a insatiable and some sort of need to fill a monetization niche. And one of the fascinating aspects, I've already said this once before and many, many times throughout the bankless ecosystem, like one of the cool things that really makes me bullish about crypto is that, and Ethereum specifically, the ability to tokenize stuff uh, allows, and tokenize stuff on open public permissionless networks that allows the whole entire globe to come and impart their perceived value upon these things that we now have ways to produce market assets, financial assets that more closely align with our human values. So we have the market value of our assets more closely aligned with our human values. And so I think we have like these creative adayers that are putting in the work that is verifiable and that's backed by time. You have provably burnt time to produce (laughs) this output. Yeah. And... Like maybe it's not a financial asset like staked ether is or a bond, a treasury bond, but at some point like it doesn't matter because so many things in so many market the mar- value of our market assets are perceived, right? We tell us we have these narratives of like the price to earnings ratio or price yeah. to sales ratio and that's a that's a value a fundamental valuation, but it's also perceived. Yeah. And then yeah. we got and then we start to zoom out a little bit and you're like, "Oh, well, what else is perceived?" Like yeah. Uh, a Monet is also perceived, but no one's going to like argue with you about like the value of a Monet. And at some point, like what, what's really happening here is like, we have so many creatives out there in the world burning their time in the same way that proof of work miners are burning their electricity to produce some sort of creative output. And you don't need like a whole entire financial system to agree upon, oh yeah, this, this token has strong fundamentals. You just need a hundred people or a thousand people to be like, yo, like the waveform of this guy's like <laughs> sleeping words is like kind of unique. I guess I'll pay a couple hundred dollars for that. Right. And all of a sudden, like we have enough people to like support up these creators. And the only thing that the creators really need to do is provably burn their time in honest and real fashion. Yeah. And just to keep doing what they've been doing all along anyway. Um, and, and I think that gives it a, that gives it like a another layer of legitimacy, I think, you know, where um, you look at someone who's been doing it every day anyway, or has been creating their songs, even if they're not doing it every day, they're just, you know, someone like Latasha has been like putting in the work for years and years and years. So many people in the space doing that. You can see that, that there's, you can't, you can't fake that, right? There's no, there's not, there's, yeah. So um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, um, I love that. I, I, I take a, I take a, you know, I take a pretty like measured approach to this. And like I said, I think it's, it's more for me, it's just like, it's going to be another tool in the tool, in the toolbox. Ultimately, same with DAOs, same with everything. Like ultimately 
they're all just going to be like this really cool tool that we can use uh where appropriate to like to like make cool shit and it's fun i have so many, i keep getting calls from far flung friends now who like yeah, dude tell me about nfts <laughs> you know that's that's happening more and more now so but when you discovered ethereum and and crypto and nfts before they were called nfts you didn't really see this as like a oh this is how i can monetize my my song of days you were just drawn to it for whatever reasons no i was immediately i was oh, like really? i i immediately saw it as there's a great there's like a video that i found actually um we can maybe share it in the show notes a video of a talk that i gave in uh right in 2017 not long after i had discovered CryptoPunks, where i lay out the entire song a day nft project in mm -hmm. 2017 like like i didn't know this video exists my friend had sent it to me and i give a talk about CryptoPunks. i'm like here's these CryptoPunks. they're so aren't they so cool like and i point to this zombie one i'm like this one for instance like there's only blah 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 of these and it's, so it's really rare so it's very valuable see it's 333 dollars somebody's willing to pay 333 dollars for this zombie uh but then after i talk about that i'm like oh and like here's what i want to build on top of that with with song a day um and from the very beginning i saw it as like this way that maybe if you know if i could if i could be putting out my song every day and even just making like a hundred dollars or something somebody paid me like a hundred dollars in eth every day for my song i'm gonna come out so far ahead than if i wasn't able to do that um and that that was like the impetus for me from the very beginning uh was it was was the monetization part uh you know and then the the further i got down like just like you said you you start going down these rabbit holes and you start discovering like oh right everything is made up like everything is completely just made up uh it's all stories stories like entirely down it's all, memes. all the way down it's all stories and so whoa oh that that's that's mind-blowing and then uh you know, and then back in those days, too, there was so nobody um, – I've heard you talk about this, too. Like, even Vitalik, like, nobody got NFTs. Nobody gave a shit about NFTs or understood. And and there was a small group of us, like me and, like, the Dada people and the super rare guys and um, Jason Bailey from Art Gnome. There was a bunch of us in New York, and we would have all these meetups, and we would just get together and just, like, geek out about NFTs and, and digital scarcity. Um uh and yeah anyway i don't know where i was going with that that was a really nice time that was like a really like warm fuzzy feeling time for me because it was like it seemed like endless possibilities at that point it was like we don't know what we're doing and if you know uh but a lot of it holds up a lot of the things that we wrote back then a lot of like the podcasts we did it holds up we 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 called this i think in a lot of ways like we called the nft what would be compelling about nfts so what was the original monetization plan for your song a day with using NFTs and how did it start and did it change over time? It did change over the time, but the basic idea, again, you can go watch this video. The basic idea is exactly the same for the very beginning. Take CryptoPunks, make it into song a day. Like that was like, that was my goal from the very beginning. And what's so funny is that like, but not, not the generative aspect, right? Like not there like... is there is even the generative. Oh, really? You've seen it. Well, because there's the images. I, I hired 
a different illustrator for for each year of song a day and they each made layers of the illustrations which is like old hat now right like now that's just like oh yeah of course you would do like table stakes you know but back then it was like really like i had to explain it it was like really hard to explain to anybody it was there's like it was it didn't make any sense but i was like but look at cryptopunks now imagine that and each song has an image. It's generated from these layers, and each layer, each song, each year is done by a different person. And I did all that. Like that, that ended up being my project, and that was there from the very beginning. Each, each CryptoPunk has all these traits. And again, the traits were like, yeah, of course, of course, you're gonna have traits. Like, what your your thing isn't gonna have traits? But it was like, no, no, no. You don't understand. Like, no one got it. They're like, traits? What are you talking about? Traits? What are traits? No, no, no. So like there's a location, like I sing my song and like there's a topic and there's like a there's all these different traits of the songs and they're like, what are you saying? Like it doesn't make any sense. But from the very beginning, that's just what it was. It was just take CryptoPunks and um, and map it onto Song a Day. And the main thing that changed actually was the DAO. The main thing that that changed from then to now was uh seeing some of the amazing experiments, specifically like Nouns DAO and and the song that owns itself and those blowing my mind in a whole new way and deciding to like bring that part of it and glomming that onto the song a day NFT project that I had been building for forever anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So that, that, that's the main thing that changed was, was bringing in the DAO aspect. Yeah. So what's the state of the song a day project now? Like as of right now, where is it at? So we on, it was a ton of work. It was like ridiculous amount of work to to get this project going. Um, I spent I spent probably like like six hundred thousand dollars, maybe more total, building this project, which is like more than I normally make. I make I up until this year, I made about a hundred thousand dollars a year for the last ten years. That's like that's been my 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 where basal, i've been basal level yeah so the idea that i spent like six years worth of that just this year just in creating this project and funded through um this other project i made called fucking trolls which is a pfp project making fun of other PF- pfp projects <laughs> I, I have to look at this i did not know this <laughs> uh many people sell their trolls for zero so you can get some um uh-huh. uh which is which is just glorious it's just wonderful but we made a shit ton of money off fucking trolls um i made a shit ton of money off of just selling random nfts this year and i was able to finally fund this project that i'd been dreaming of since 2017 i hired 13 different illustrators I paid them each like $50,000 to make, um, ultimately they made around 1200 layers all combined. Um, I, I hired raid guild, which is a wonderful, uh, DAO collective of people who, who you can hire them to just, just slay your project. They call it slaying dragons, uh, and, and build it. So they did all the solidity work and all the front end work and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and we launched on, on December 31st and it sold out, um, like roughly 4,000 songs sold out in like an hour and a half, which was amazing. That's a whole other story of like how that happened. Um, very specific to crypto story. Actually, we can get into that if you're interested. Um, but now what's been happening since January 1st, and this has always been part of the plan is that I've been selling my songs uh, on my website, songaday.world, every single day 
there's a new song. It's being auctioned each day. And all the money from those auctions goes to the Dow now. And so the Dow has roughly, I don't know, 31 ETH now um, in its treasury just in like the last 16 days, 17 days. Um, and that will go on, you know, indefinitely. Every day, I'm just going to sit down, do my song like I always have, and tokenize it, sell it. You know, we're going to see each other at ETH Denver, right? So, like, mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, hosting the Shelling Point conference that that uh, Owaki is doing, Owaki and yep. Simona. And uh, and so I have this plan where I'm hoping I don't really know if they, if they're gonna let me do this, but like my 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 idea was I'm gonna bring each of you up on stage with like with like a little verse of a song that I'm gonna write about you, and I'm gonna have you stand there while I sing your verse, and then I'm gonna stitch all these verses together, and that's gonna be my song for the day. And then that song is gonna get sold on my website. It's gonna be tokenized and auctioned off. Um, and that money. I'd imagine there's going to be some bids for that one. I hope so. I hope so. And so, and so that will, you know, that money goes to the Dow. Uh, and it's fun. It's been super fun. People are coming into the Dow. We're still getting our feet under us. Like we're we're working on um, the voting of how we're going to do voting because the way we're doing voting is one person, one vote. Um, we don't have a token. We just have the mm. the NFT. There's no token in this Dow yet. Maybe someday. And it's an NFT curated DAO rather than a DAO about an ERC twenty token. It's it's if you own one of the songs of a song a day, DAO. If if you own one of the songs, you are eligible to be in the DAO. The only thing you have to do to become fully in the DAO is to get verified on Bright ID, mm -hmm. um, and then you can vote once you're once you're verified with Bright ID. And that's that's what we're trying to do right now. It's, it doesn't actually exist. This is like a we're hoping to make this like a public good thing that doesn't exactly exist yet, which is a snapshot uh, um, instance or whatever you call it that um, has bright ID as part of it so that you can have a snapshot where you're sure that everyone who's voting is a person. Every single person who's voting is one person, um, which not a lot of projects are doing currently because it doesn't exist. And that's what we're building right now. Um, and it's cool, man. It's like, it's it's crazy. It's it's a it's a crazy world. It's a, and I'm I'm just so like excited and uh, as jazzed as I as I was the first day that I saw CryptoPunks. How much do you let the DAO dictate what your decisions are? So the DAO the the all mem anyone who holds an NFT um, ultimately is welcome to um, have creative input. Uh, and at some point, once we have like the voting up and running, we will be doing, you know, things where we'll, we'll take certain questions toward, to the DAO. Like, uh, I have a lot of like collabs that I want to do and we can, we can have them like suggest collabs or like, uh, uh, steer the collabs in a different way. Um, the DAO, ultimately, if you are a voter, if you, if you're verified with Bright ID, that's when you can deploy funds, you know? To, to do grants or to do whatever, ultimately. Um, I would say that, like, the creative direction stuff is more of a suggestion. And the the treasury stuff is more binding. Like, that's the that's the idea. It's like once you're, you know, once you are verified that, like, you are you and you're going to be one person, one vote, then we're going to, you know, then we'll abide by what everybody wants, you know? Like, we have we already have proposals to do, like, an NFTX uh vault for the songs and like you know um i'm down for it but like depending on what people want to do then we may or may not do that does 
allowing the DAO to dictate your creative output make you uncomfortable? No, because like I said, it's not it's not binding that part. The the part but, that's but it, as because it because perhaps it would make you uncomfortable if it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I just think it would be less interesting because mm. um, uh, I found that like most people don't give great suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> is is what I found, and sometimes uh-huh. they do, but like, but I found that like you know, it's it's more interesting to me what they will do with the money than it is to me what they will do with me, with the songs. Mm-hmm. Leave the songs to the professionals, I guess, is, like, mm-hmm. is, is, is the way I'm thinking about it. So what, what about the dynamic of, like, what, there's only one of you. Yeah. And so, like, the, the, the DAO is really a DAO around, like, the treasury, not the song creation. What's, what's the dynamic like of you have this one guy who's responsible for the actual inflows of ether into the treasury. What's that like? Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is that, I mean, so we're only 17 days in, so I don't really know what it's like yet. Um, And I would like to get to the point where, you know, part of why I wanted to do one person, one vote, and that includes me, is that I tried to, because it's so me focused, I wanted to give as much power as I could to everyone else, Mm -hmm. knowing that I wield obviously way outsized influence. I wanted to find a way to like, to counteract that as much as I could. And so that's the part of the idea behind one person, one vote. Um, But ultimately, you know, it remains to be seen ultimately, like, like how people are going to respond to it or what it's going to look like. Um, So far it's been really fun. And I would like to get to the point where, where um it's not just me bringing in the money um because mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity for other people to you if someone got a song placed in a movie or something that could bring in an enormous amount of money to the dow uh and we have pathways for uh because the dow's a legal co-op like uh, spork dow is we have pathways where if you do something like that you can get paid by the DAO um, in ETH, you can you can get paid uh, um, from money directly from the treasury if you bring in. It's called patronage activity. There's this there's this there's this co-op term called patronage activity where things you do that um, benefit the co-op entitle you to money from the treasury. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, I just imagine someone being a music lic- licensing person. And, you know, there's a lot of songs to choose from, like listening through and being like, oh, I like this one. Like maybe this one could fit here, maybe, or something. And then if that happens, uh, all that money, all the royalties and everything flow into the DAO, all the off-chain royalties, I mean, like from Spotify and from the, the, ideally, I would like to get to the point where Paramount Pictures is not doing a, a deal with me, they're doing a deal with my DAO. And... And ultimately, it's the DAO has who has a lawyer who's deal who's hammering out the details, and all of that money flows right back into the DAO. And the person who is responsible for that can see some of that upside. How do you think the mere existence of the DAO impacts the valuation of the NFT songs? Do you think like think, because like you could have just pocket all the money for yourself, right? And yeah. lot, be a lot more direct. And yes, I mean, and for. You, for for a long time, that was the plan, right? And right. 
And part of the reason I valued, part of the reason I I minted the songs, the original songs, the the archive of the songs on January on December thirty first, I had the mint price at point two, which is like really high for a project like this. Uh, but the reason I did that was because that was the number that I needed to feel comfortable to give the rest of this money to the DAO. Uh, um, but I think mm. ultimately, it's a long term prospect, right? Like, uh. I don't know what's going to happen. And like right now we're living through this moment. That's really interesting in NFTs that I've, that, that, that I've noticed. And I keep talking about this because it's on my mind. We're living through like a, it's, it's burgeoning this like really burgeoning pure meme NFT time that we're living in. Olive garden was, a, was maybe like the, the first that I noticed. Ghazali is another example of this kid. And now Irene Dow, which is like th- these three, just like pure, uh, almost a reaction to the rallying cry that's been around for the last like six months of like utility. What's the utility of the art? The ut- the art needs to have utility. And now there's a reaction to that. We're like, fuck utility. This is a pure, we're going Dogecoin people. We're just going like pure meme. There's this just a, it's the funny fucking thing and we're all getting behind it. Uh, and you're buying it. <laughs> and you're buying it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, so ultimately, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I've set up Song of Day in a way that I think, you know, I think in like really long-term ways, mm. you know, because of, I, I, I think about, you know, uh, three, like I said, three years is a thousand songs. Which sounds like a lot, but honestly, man, like the first thousand felt like they took forever. The second thousand kind of took a while. The third and the fourth thousand went like that. They're just Mm -hmm. like going so fast. So I think about like three years in the future when I've done, I've literally auctioned off a thousand songs uh, and and all that money goes into the DAO. What are NFTs even going to look like? Like, is is any of the stuff that's around now still going to be around? I don't know, but I but I've I've built Song of Day specifically to like to be able to hopefully weather that weather whatever comes, you know. Um, having lived through the one the one uh, winter that I did. Do you see yourself um, changing what? changing the songs that you write and how you write them or how you sing them or what, what they're about because you now know that there's like a DAO behind this and you're trying to want to be like a profit maxi for on behalf of the DAO. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I, and I, you, I talk about this even in the, in the, that very first talk that the, the crypto punk talk that I was talking about from 2017, I sort of was aware even back then. And I thought, I thought what the vector was going to be actually was rarity I thought the vector was going to be rarity because that's what CryptoPunks was. And uh, that's how people were valuing different CryptoPunks. Um, so I thought, oh, like maybe when I'm doing my song a day, like if I play with an instrument I've never played with and I do it in a location where I've never been and I sing about a topic that I've never sung about and I'm wearing an outfit that I've never worn, like maybe um, – which I don't think is the case anymore and it's more about – the stories about the space that that are that people want um now that's not surprising to me in the least because always the songs that get the most views 
are the topical songs. Right. Um, all of my most viewed songs are either political in nature or about pop culture or whatever. Like those are all the ones that have the most views. Right. Uh, so songs about crypto, you know, makes perfect sense that those right. would be the ones that people are willing to pay the most for. Uh, you, I would imagine that like if the ENS Dow song, for example, yeah, it would be really compelling for the ENS Dow to make an offer on the ENS Dow song. <laughs> well, they own it. They so it got. Oh, minted. they do. Oh yeah, yeah. It got minted. It got minted. You know, I minted all the songs randomly in the drop, uh-huh. and so somebody got it, but then they bought it off them. They 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 were able to secure it. There's a bunch of ones like that where the people who ultimately the song was about, like they were able to secure it after the fact because I did it randomly. I wanted it to be fair, and that's why I did random. But uh, yeah, they own it. They own it now. Um, it it's, it'd be really interesting strategy to make a bunch of songs about a bunch of DAOs, yeah. and then allow <laughs> the DAOs to bid for the songs, perhaps even in their native token, so they don't actually have to keep or give up any of their USDC or Ether. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then your DAO has just a, a shares of all the other DAOs, and just buy it just because you sang a song about them. They kind of have to buy at that point. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, and there's, I, you know, I did a song about Constitution Dow when that was a uh-huh. thing. Um, I've done, yeah, I've done a bunch of, I've already done a bunch of Dow songs. I have a bunch of, like, collabs lined up with, with NFT projects that I love. I should probably do some more Dow-aligned uh, things. We could do yeah, a wait, Do you, do you allow your songs to be commissioned by projects? So that is something that I've not explored in this new setup because... Yeah. Because um, because of the auction nature of the thing, basically, there's been a few times now in the last couple of weeks, people have come to me and I said, well, listen, I can't let you pay me directly. Uh, it needs to go to the DAO because because if I do it, I'm, I'm going to make it. I could do a song outside of song a day, you know, it could be like a separate yeah. song. Don't really want to do that. Don't really have time to do that. So it would have to be a song a day song. And so I was like, you're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to like bid on it and just hope that no one's bidding against you, and that's fine. And then I'd be like, I'd be like, I guess what I would probably say is like, you know, bid at least like two ETH or something, and then and then like, then I'll just I'll do the song for you, and you just have to promise that you're gonna bid at least two ETH, and then that's and that's probably how I would do it now if I was gonna do that. Um, yeah, and I, I'm open to that. I've done a lot of commissions over over the years, you know, a ton. Uh, that's. Mm-hmm. Part, you know, part of how I made my living. And so um, as long as it's like something that I don't totally hate, I'd probably mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> Have any uh, community members from the DAO stepped up to uh, wear a leadership hat? Yes, they have. It's been super exciting. Um, uh, my friend Boris, who was like the first person to introduce me to crypto, is in the DAO. He's been helping a ton. I have a couple like mods that I picked out and they have like a couple of them have like some really good um, technical skill and they've been like just taking the lead on this voting thing, which is like really helpful um, because it's a it's a it's a conundrum. It's like a it's a there's a lot of like things to solve. Um, And uh, that's like the most pressing thing right now is getting voting up and running because we can't do anything until we can vote. Um, and yeah, it's been amazing. I, it's, it's, it's been so cool to see that happen and really gratifying. Well, Jonathan, if uh, listeners want to go join your DAO or just find out more about what you're up to, where, where should, where should they go? Yeah. Come to songaday.world. 
that's the place where every day, uh, right there on the front page, the song is auctioned off. Wait, so it's you not also... called Songadow? No, it's songaday.world. We also have songadow.org, which is our mm-hmm. um, which is our uh, discourse uh, ah, okay. place. All right, so I, th- that name is somewhere. Okay, I'm glad about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Songadow.org. But to, to, to see the daily song, you go to songaday.world, where you can link to the OpenSea. Um, because of all the DGENs, the songs are like way below mint, so you can get some for real cheap, real cheap right now. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's 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 the place to go. I also want to plug this hat. I'm I'm currently selling this hat. You have seven. Let's see. Wh- whenever this goes live, when is this gonna go live? When like Tomorrow. roughly? So you have five days to order this hat. We'll put the link in the show notes. The songs hat. Doesn't give you anything other than a really cool hat that says songs on it. And so you can you can support your love of songs with this hat. Jonathan, if there's a one lesson that you've learned that you wish more people had learned in their lives, what would it be? Sucking at something is the first step to being kinda good at something. That's a, a quote from Adventure Time, right? You got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Adventure one Time, of the most wise things that anyone has ever spoken. Jake the dog. Hey. And who in the world really needs to hear that? What, what what cohort of individuals? I mean, anyone that uh, wants to do anything. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no, I, like, anything that you're trying to do. And, and, and I have to tell myself this constantly, too, about things that I want to learn. Like, Anything that you've been thinking about, like, oh, I would like to write songs or, oh, I would like to write a novel or, oh, I'd like to, you know, make podcasts or, oh, I should do blog posts on this or, oh, I want to do Twitter threads. Like, you know, just sucking at something is really the first step. You have to go through the sucking it and 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 it never really stops. Um, but you just have to sort of accept accept the sucking mm-hmm. sometimes. That's it. The LDR of this episode, you got to accept the sucking. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Jonathan, <laughs> roll, thank roll you. Roll credits. Roll credits. There we go. Jonathan, thank you for coming on this episode of Player Zero. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.